Chapter 11, Defanging Death A voice is heard in Rama, mourning and great weeping, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted, because they are no more. Jeremiah 31, 15 Having a baby changes everything. Whenever you see a young couple who are about to have their first child, you can know with certainty that their life is about to turn upside down in ways they can't anticipate and you can't explain. There are amazing things, emotional things, and really difficult things that you can't really warn someone about because there's nothing quite like living through it for yourself. In some ways, it feels like your heart truly does expand so that you actually can love more than you ever have in your entire life. At the same time, the frustration of things like potty training can be maddening. Not to mention the fact that you go through whole seasons where you don't remember what it felt like to sit down peacefully and enjoy a nice hot meal where all the food doesn't make a pit stop on the floor before it winds up in your mouth. And let's not even start on the sleep deprivation. Having a baby is hard on the body, the nerves, the finances, the marriage, and basically everything else a couple has to offer. Bringing a child into the world and trying to raise it well is just a lot of work. In the best of situations, it's hard. When you have a good, experienced marriage, a supportive family, and an excellent network of friends, Raising a child is still a difficult business. To try to do the thing well without all of that must be a nightmare. For Mary and Joseph, not only were they flying solo through a tumultuous situation, but they were just kids themselves. They weren't old enough to get their driver's licenses in this country, and they were doing one of the most difficult and trying things people can do. Christmas was especially hard on Mary. She bravely said yes to God's plan, not knowing that entering into this decision would, in a lot of ways, really change her life and dash many of her hopes and dreams. I mean, every girl looks forward to her wedding day. Every girl wants to be celebrated and honored. Every girl wants those moments where her friends or relatives give loving advice and pray over her as they help her transition into married life. Every little girl wants to walk with her dad down the aisle while tears flow from his cheeks and he gives away his daughter with a shaking voice. Every girl wants the joy of bridal showers, the fun of setting up her new home and then sometimes later, the surprise but gladness of having that first highly anticipated baby. But Mary didn't get any of that. When people found out that Mary was pregnant, everyone returned their gifts. Relatives hung their heads in shame. There was no celebration, no tears of joy, and no thankful prayers about what God had done. All of Mary's childhood friends would have the life they were all looking forward to, but not her. The people in Mary's community would always wonder, always question, and always talk. Even years later, long after Jesus' birth, Mary asked her son to do something amazing and miraculous at a wedding. Was she trying to get Jesus to prove to everyone that he was no ordinary baby? On that day, he said to his mother, Woman, what is there between you and me? 
The gossip surrounding Mary's pregnancy spread past their little community, too. One time, when Jesus was all grown up and was way down in Jerusalem, some Pharisees made a joke about him being an illegitimate child of questionable parentage. Wow! After all those years and all those miles, they still couldn't let it go. The birth of Jesus brought changes into Mary's world that would affect her for the rest of her life. And she wasn't the only one. At some point within a couple of years of Jesus' birth, a caravan of astrologers showed up from Iran, in Jerusalem, because they wanted to see the king who was born in Israel. We call these people the wise men, and our nativity sets tell us there were three of them who were also kings. But scripture doesn't say they were kings, and it doesn't say there were three of them. They were magi, sages who studied the movements of stars to determine the course of human history. There were apparently way more than three of these wise men, because Matthew chapter 2 tells us the entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar over them, including King Herod himself. They met with Herod and told him they had seen a star in the east that meant the king of Israel had been born, and they had come to worship him. The Romans allowed Herod to run the government of Israel as their so-called king, as long as he did things the way Rome liked them done. And he didn't want that position to be challenged by someone else, especially if it was some exciting ruler of the people whose name was written in the stars. Herod asked his Bible scholars where the scriptures said the Messiah would be born, and they quoted Micah 5.2, which of course singled out Bethlehem. So the wise men took their caravan a few miles down the road to Bethlehem to see the child, and Herod hatched a plan. He told the wise men, once you find him, come back and tell me where the child is so I can worship him too. But the wise men had been warned in a dream not to return to Jerusalem, so they went back home another way. When Herod found out he had been tricked, he ordered that every boy in Bethlehem two years old or younger was to be killed, based on the time the wise men said the star had first appeared. Joseph had been warned in a dream to flee with Mary and Jesus to Egypt, So they were already gone when guards from Jerusalem stormed into the unsuspecting homes of young moms and dads throughout Bethlehem. But many little boys died because Herod was afraid to lose his power. The prophet Jeremiah foretold this awful massacre when he said, A voice is heard in Ramah, mourning and great weeping. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. What must those poor families have been thinking? Did these murderous soldiers even explain what they were doing? Did these mothers and fathers even know why their little boys were taken and killed? Did they ever find out that their little boys had died because of Jesus? If it hadn't been for Jesus, these boys would have lived. As it was, young parents throughout Bethlehem were burying the little boys they were just getting to know. It was so wrong, so devastating, and so broken, and yet, it's not the end of the story. You see, these boys died because of Jesus, but Jesus had come to die for those boys. 
Jesus came to live and to die for all of the wrong in this whole world. He came to bear our brokenness and pain. He came to take the penalty of our sin upon himself and defeat death by paying, dying and rising again from the dead. Now, because Jesus took our place and died our death, he has opened the doorway to heaven. He is offering us a way to live forever in peace and joy, and the offer is open to all who want it. What Herod did in Bethlehem was so awful and so wrong. But Jesus has taken away death's sting, and those boys have been in paradise with the Lord who died for them for a long, long time. Death is always sad. But Jesus came to conquer death, and one day death itself will be a distant memory. Like looking back on the difficulties you can barely remember about being a little kid. Sure, they happened. But they don't hurt in the same way anymore. And looking back, one day, all of us will have every tear wiped from every eye by the one who came to die in our place.